So, Harry. Yeah. Do you have any experience with shoplifting? Not a lot, but uh, no, you should probably call the police for this, by okay. the way. Um, I did once steal a courgette from Waitrose. Oh, the humanity, you monster. Yeah. It's, it's a also, whole courgette? Yes. It's also the most middle class thing I've ever done. <laughs> from Waitrose or something. <laughs> Dare I ask where you stuck it? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. Just... No. It wasn't like a prison court yet, no. No. <laughs> I just forgot that I'd put it in my basket or whatever, and I forgot to put it through the self-checkout. It was an, oh it was a, an honest mistake. I got home and I was like, oh my God, I've stolen a courgette. I hope you took it back. I didn't know I'd date it. Oh my God. I've been feeling guilty ever since. This was I years can see ago. This has really torn you up inside, yeah. I should have Aldi now. A master criminal. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the trajectory of the, the common criminal from Waitrose to Aldi in a couple of years. Oh dear. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Muriel's Wedding. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most, soon to be dependent family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the clocks are ticking. Mm-hmm. And joining me, as always, the host with the most free spirit, is John Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all the time in the world. No babies coming this way. <laughs> uh, okay, so Muriel's wedding. Yes. Why do you pick this one? Then, well, because John? this is our penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. I think we're putting out there, so we wanted to do something a bit special. Yeah. And this just happens to be my favourite film in the whole wide world. Yeah. So that's why, because I'd love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a pretty good reason to pick a film. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, this was all right. Yeah, I don't want this to be a two-hour just me. No, I'm kidding. I love this movie. This is oh, great. I'm glad. Okay, I'm pleased. I, I mean, I would be, I would find it quite hard to be friends with somebody who didn't at least somewhat enjoy this film. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was. This was. Uh, it's really something, isn't it? It's such a good. It's, I think it's just so well pitched. Like everything about mm-hmm. it is just pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite kinds of comedies are comedies that have room for like a little bit of sadness in there. Mm. And I don't mean that's but I mean, all this one it. has a lot of exactly. That's what it, it, it makes the it doesn't take away the funny parts though. It, it, I think it just it makes it all a lot more mm. hu- human. You're not just laughing mind like this film could have been um just with a slightly different actor or a different mm-hmm. direction. It could have just been a very broad comedy about a very unsympathetic person mm-hmm. who's just and, and you'd just be laughing at her or you'd be like, you'd yeah. be, thank God I don't know this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On paper, a lot of the things she does are terrible. Oh, she is terrible, Muriel. She is terrible, Muriel. I mean, she steals $12,000 from her parents. It's like, you know. insane. Yeah. But like, you... she is the worst. <laughs> okay. She... <laughs> Steady on. Okay. <laughs> I was about to follow up by saying how much I relate to her in many ways, but go on. <laughs> no, I understand why you relate. She's the worst. <laughs> no, uh, oh no, I forgot what I was going to say. But yeah, like she is absolutely terrible. And the things that she does, I oh, know, I remember what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. It is very bold of you to have this as your favorite movie mm-hmm. because I feel like most people's favorite movies are much more sort of feel good movies. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a feel good movie. Oh, for me, it is. It, like, it comes round at the end, mm-hmm. but it takes you on such a tragic journey. Like it is 
it's, it's one of the most tragic films that I've seen, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, horror movies. <laughs> Between this and Schindler's List, yeah. Yeah, well, I've not seen that. No, so no, no. There's a reason. We never got around to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, the last yeah, episode. We're going to really end on a high, um, yeah. No, like, uh, even at the end, once she's learned her lesson, like, mm-hmm. serious, serious damage has been done. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a bold move for this to be your favorite movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I, I like it because of that, though. I think it really takes you on an emotional journey. It's not just, mm-hmm. it doesn't just make me feel good. It does make me feel good, the ending. But, like, the whole film just feels very, like, I, I like the fact that it's a very flawed character. And I just, I mean, I, you know, I did, you know, I was a bit of a, not the most popular teenager in the world. And I was a bit of an awkward teenager and I did spend a lot of my time sat in my room listening to pop music. And that was like a form mm-hmm. of escape for me. So on that level, oh, yeah. I, I'm feeling slightly out of place. And, you know, my, my parents were nowhere near as bad as his, her dad is. Don't get me wrong. They were very nice people, <laughs> mm-hmm. both of them. Um, and I didn't have friends half as horrible as, uh, mm-hmm. as the, the people who she calls friends in the first part of this film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I definitely always felt a little bit of an outsider and stuff. And so the, uh, that part of it really always resonated with me and i saw it when i was about for the first time when i was about 12 or 13 years old so i think it just really oh yeah that just works it just came at yeah. me at the right time and i was like this woman is me <laughs> <laughs> and obviously now i watch i'm like no I'm, i would never steal that much money i'm, I'm not i'm not that crazy but like yeah you know there's, there's, there's a lot about it and i i really think that the tone of this film is just so it's so hard to get right but i think it gets oh, the, tone, tone. the tone's fantastic yeah is this what Australian comedy is just like? I was, was going to say, because, like, yeah, I've only recently watched all of Kath and Kim, mm-hmm. and it's not too dissimilar. No, I agree. And even like other big Australian films that we've done, like Priscilla Queen of the Desert, is yeah. it's more like feel good than this is, but that's not without its sadness in it. That has tragic Absolutely, elements yeah. to it. Um, what other ones have we done? Strictly boring. Yeah, I can't remember how much sadness there is in that, but I feel like there's a lot. Like, I feel like there's right. definitely a grittiness to Australian comedy, the mm. best Australian comedies that. Especially in the nineties, they were just on form. There were just like so many of these classic films were coming out. So yeah, yeah, I just think it's absolutely brilliant. So and I've what I've lost count of how many times I've watched it. Watched it again last night, and it was like watching it for the first time. It was just <laughs> I, I, I got that much pleasure out of it. Like it, also, it's so well paced. There's yeah. like no fat on this film whatsoever. Every mm-hmm. scene is memorable and moves the plot along. Sometimes to a point where you're like, how much time is passing here? Like there's mm-hmm. there's a bit of a um, like whiplash effects sometimes you're like oh she's got cancer twice in the space of 20 minutes like yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. there are moments but yeah i think in terms of like keeping the pace going it's yeah it, it's it's really really it doesn't drag at all mm. i do still find this hard to call it a feel-good movie okay. because sure it has a sort of happy ever after kind of thing it's more bittersweet but there's so much sadness that like in most of the characters sure yeah like all the way through and there's so many bad things happening to everybody and there's not really any good things that happen to anybody mm-hmm. until Mur- muriel learns how to be a good friend at the very end true yeah and that's pretty much it i'm not denying any reason why this is anybody's favorite movie yeah no it's no no. Fantastic I speak your truth yeah. I, I, I just um, know what you mean i, I think yeah I, I think it it's essentially a very sad story yeah because like when i compare it to I don't think I have a favorite movie, mm-hmm. but like of my favorite movies, I'd say the closest one is probably like Forrest Gump or something like that. Uh-huh. And there is a lot of happiness and a lot of fun in Forrest Gump. There's mm. also a lot of tragedy. Yeah. But like there's there's a lot of fun times in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just a, a lot of the things that happen in this, they're just, oh, this wedding doesn't feel right. Oh my God, she just ignored her mum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to the wedding and, yeah. that, and the, the poor, poor mother. But like, I think even at the saddest moments with maybe the exception of the moment, which is just pure heartbreak, but 
even the, the the really sad they have like an edge of comedy to them like just they do, in, in they the really dialogue yeah. and the way the actors play like, that's what I mean. the tone is just so perfectly pitched in a way that it could so easily have gone horribly wrong and just been bleak mm. or just yeah. been really broad and like you're right yeah it just kind of i'd say it just kind of skirts just above being bleak into that mm. sweet spot of being hilarious and really heartwarming yeah because i think what the thing is you're not laughing at the character's not well no, you're not laughing at me or you're kind of laughing with in a way well you're judging mm. her in certain places obviously because she, do, she does do some terrible things but like on the whole but, but, the, but those, aren't, those aren't the funny bits no 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 exactly like, yeah. like when, when you're laughing you're definitely laughing with the whole situation exactly yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. but i do think it's essentially a very sad story but it's couched in this kind of joy and fun mm-hmm. which is actually kind of a great metaphor for an ABBA song most other songs are like if you listen to the lyrics are like very depressing you know yeah but they're all, all in that classic swedish way with the happy upbeat you know, mm-hmm. you know knowing me knowing you and all that kind of stuff sos mm-hmm. you know catchy pop choruses so i think it's it kind of is fitting that it's yeah. a it's kind of an abba film which we haven't discussed yet but it's a very abba heavy film oh big time yeah um there's two things that have sort of come out of uh having, having just watched this movie mm-hmm. one is um the closet <laughs> no no not yet um is uh i need more abba in my life sure yeah everyone does yeah because yeah. uh, I, I just don't don't hear enough of it i've mm-hmm. not heard not heard it for a fair while probably mm-hmm. since the last eurovision or whatever sure. the last swedish thing mm-hmm. and so yeah watching this is like oh this song oh and this song oh and this one great this is mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. it's just a fun time it all around it really uses them well yeah yeah it does and then just want to see more tony collette movies yes absolutely She's really good in this mm-hmm. Did we do Midsommar? No, no. did we do Hereditary on the main show? We did Midsommar, yeah. Uh, I don't think we did, no. no. I mean, we reviewed it on our bonus show, so yeah. we, we we did discuss it at one point. But yeah, absolutely. I lo- she is my favourite actress, mm. and I, I love her in everything she's in, and I wish she got to do more stuff, but mm-hmm. she's so... We, we, we did Sixth Sense. We did do the Sixth Sense, yeah. Well, and we did that one... That was rewarding role for her. Yeah, true. We did uh, The Way Way Back. That was one that we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. She, she played a lot of mums in American, like, mm. indie, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we've, oh, yeah done she's a, good in that. we've done quite a few, but yeah, yeah I, I think we've she's... reviewed Knives Out as well. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Another good, she's always good a good time. Us. She's great. She's just a very, very talented actress. Mm. So, yeah. But speaking of ABBA, actually, just one little fascinating fact for you. So, ABBA are very famously resistant to licensing out their music mm-hmm. like they're, they're very like careful about when they let people sample their songs or mm-hmm. use the songs in films that's why even though they're the biggest band in the world you don't hear them you, you don't hear an abba song on like an asda advert or something they just don't do that they're very right. protective so and they basically said no to this you know low budget australian film that it mm-hmm. would really have no chance of getting the rights to all these amazing abba songs and they said no and no no and it was only when i think Abba read the script, or mm. maybe Benny and Bjorn read the script, and they're like, oh, actually, this is great. And they, they get, I think they let them have it for like much cheaper than they would have normally. You know, I assume it's a pretty low budget movie as well. That, oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. I mean, it made loads of money, and it made loads of money because it mm. did really well. But it was absolutely you no. Know, nobody in this film was a star. Like mm. Tony Collette was like one of the first things she literally ever did. You know, mm-hmm. same for Rachel Griffith who played Rhonda. Like, but yeah, Abba just liked it, or someone involved with Abba liked it enough that they gave them the rights for the songs. At the literally at the last minute, they were like, "Okay, you can have it. You can use all our songs." Wow! But it was gonna... it's written so much into the plot as well. Like they, 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 they have to alter the script quite significantly. Well, that's the thing. So when they were just a few weeks away from starting to film, and it looked like Abba were gonna not let them have it, they mm. were they genuinely considered rewriting it to make it so that Muriel's favorite band was the Village People. <laughs> 
Wow. That is a very, you know, YMCA in the Navy. Like that, macho, macho. That's a very different film. You would not have got that same kind of... <laughs> do, do women listen to that? No, I don't. I'm sure women do, but that would have been... It wouldn't have worked. That yeah. would have been... It had to be Abba. It had to be like... Like... Dancing Queen is like a symphony in this song. You know, mm. those strings that they keep coming back into. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It couldn't be anything but them you know so if they thank god abba saw sense and let them have it because it would have been a much weaker movie if it was the village people mm. not that i've got anything against the village people but no 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 not but... the same at all <laughs> like Muriel sat sadly in their bedroom just like in the navy do, 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 do. in the navy <laughs> it just doesn't quite have the same emotional resonance no. so do they have enough hits even because like abba have just they, abba they... have so many yeah i think yeah. there's i think i know four village people songs yeah so there's the ymca in the navy macho man mm. Is there a fourth one? I feel there's another one. Maybe something about cruising. I don't know. Yeah, they were... <laughs> they're, they're all much of a muchness. Let's be honest. Like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank God for Abba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If not Abba, um, who would who would have your number two choice been for the band? Um, I mean, I guess they could have got away with it. Be, not that this is a band, but Kylie maybe. Okay. Just yeah. that similar kind of shimmering pop, and that would have had the Australian connection mm. maybe. It has to be some that that kind of pop music though. That's like mm. there's not many people or bands that have enough hits to, you know, give you that kind of magical feeling. So, yeah. and I think like you could have Madonna, but Madonna's a bit too, a bit more like aggressive. She's not yeah. really like someone you listen to when you're feeling down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of the older stuff. So some of it, I'm sure. Yeah, but I yeah. think the closest I could think is Carly, but still mm-hmm. Abba. It has it has would have to be Abba. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, this film just would not be the same without Abba, and it's just it makes the film even more of a delight to watch. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember you saying once, I think it was that that birthday that you had when uh, we just watched like six movies or something. Yeah. Um, well, I think we planned to watch about six movies. We got to about four and a half. I yeah. started falling asleep about well, yeah, about f- during the fifth movie, mm-hmm. um, which was like Serial Mom or something. Yeah. Um, we did, uh, well, we, we did Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh my God, first. you remember this. <laughs> yeah, and I remember we did Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. We did... Um, Listeners, this was years before this the was, podcast. This was like, yeah, this was ages ago. I can't remember the order, but I know that we had Baby Jane. We had, I think Serial Mom was second. Mm-hmm. And after, and then we did Showgirls. Um, so Mira's I have wedding. seen Showgirls before. You had, but I think we were already... That must drifting. be the one that I was falling asleep in. Yeah, I think you were falling asleep at Showgirls. And then we, yeah, I, mean, I think... Yeah, I tried to make us watch Miro's Wedding and you yeah. were just like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think that you like you put it on and then I think you fell asleep immediately and I was like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, that's <laughs> like happened, I've been yeah. trying to leave for ages and finally <laughs> John stopping, uh, stopped stopping me leaving. Yeah. So I'm just going to go. Um, and uh, like I was kind of feeling bad for like leaving you asleep on your own on your birthday. It was the end of your birthday. It was like 1am um, at this point. It had been a whole day. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, but I remember like the next day you said just like, I had such a great time. Like I just woke up in the middle of the night and ABBA was playing on the telly. Yeah. Just because like the credits of this film were on. Like I'd missed my favorite movie, but ABBA was playing. So Also, I've seen this movie like upwards of 30 I know, times. I know, yeah. like, <laughs> oh damn, I've missed it. Like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I will if I ever see this film on like just channel hopping. I have to watch it. Like, it's, it's just one of those for me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It never gets old. Would you watch it if, if like after recording this, if it just happened to be on ITV? Would you watch it now? Like you've watched it probably less than twenty four hours ago. I'd be tempted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's her. Miss, we'd love to have a word to you about your dress. What's wrong with it? You stole it. I saw you. Give me your work number, and if she can't turn up her receipt, I can call you for a statement. Ask for Diane, senior store detective. Mind your head, please. I'm so pleased. 
I had the perfect arrest record until I lost her and Boysware. How'd you know she'd be here? I didn't. I'm the groom's cousin. Uh, cool. Uh, right, well, should we get to a plot summary then? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, Muriel's wedding. I'm the impression this might be a longer episode. No, well, no I'm, I'm going to try and <laughs> rattle through it. I don't want to. I, I, and I don't want this to be like a me monologuing for an hour and a half. So, you know, by all means, jump in on bits that you liked and bits that you didn't like or whatever. Yeah. Um, yes, so Muriel's wedding was released in 1995, I think, uh, directed by Paul Hogan, Australian director. I looked it up. It's 1994. I looked it up for a reason. Um, is because I was interested why they 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 were there's the the Olympics are a thing in this yes and they're talking about the Sydney Olympics ah uh, yeah and I was and like that was in two thousand yeah yeah it was in two thousand I was like isn't this like early nineties this film well they did, don't don't they like I, I was I was just trying to work out like did this film come out like before those Olympics were announced did they predict the Sydney Olympics don't or anything they, no they didn't the, don't they line up the Olympics like two Olympics in advance though so don't we already know where it's going to be in like twenty twenty four and twenty twenty eight or something yeah 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 I just thought I'd, yeah no, thought, I thought, thought thought I'd look into it and although it is weird to think that the this film this film came out almost a year to the day after the Olympic announcement. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, but then it, yeah, it is interesting that they there's a whole plot point about the swimmer though because you'd think. Six in six, you wouldn't plan for someone to be going to the Olympics in six years because mm. he would have probably lost a lot of form by that, just naturally from getting older. Well, like, maybe this film is set six years in the future. Maybe it's actually stealthily a future, a future movie. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of VHS stuff in this, so probably not. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were DVDs a big thing in the '99? No, but well, by 2000, they, no, probably still not. Well, they'd be creeping in a little bit, but no. I remember videos VHS quite well, so you know. Fair enough, maybe you're right. Maybe this film is set in the not-too-distant future. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's never something I've thought about before. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it tonight and, and report back on whether that works. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, released, uh, directed by an Australian director called Paul Hogan. Uh, starred Tony Collette as Muriel Heslop. I feel like I've recognised the name Paul Hogan. Uh, actually, no, I think I might be getting that mixed up. Uh, it's something Hogan. Is it Paul Hogan? But there's also another Hogan who is uh, the guy who plays Crocodile Dundee. But it's a different guy, no relation. Uh, yeah, strangely enough. Because this was apparently the third highest grossing Australian film of all time behind the first two Crocodile Dundee movies. Really? So, yeah. So That's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. But he, they were directed by... Oh, yeah, sorry. Paul Hogan is Crocodile Dundee. This was directed by PJ Hogan. Ah. You can see how easily that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. PJ may even stand for Paul. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it does. It stands for Paul. So a different Paul Hogan. Great. But, yeah. Anyway, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it stars Tony Collette as Muriel Heslop, and she we're, we're introduced to the film at a wedding, mm-hmm. and she is this kind of classic, ugly duckling kind of awkward woman, young girl in her probably early twenties or something mm-hmm. or mid twenties. It's not entirely clear, but we instantly see her, and she's catching a bouquet at her wedding. But mm-hmm. then her horrible, horrible friends—it's her friend's wedding. This blonde girl Tanya, yeah. and her horrible, horrible friends make them throw the make her throw the bouquet again because it's like, don't be so selfish. You're you're not you're never going to get married, and mm-hmm. that kind of sets us up. And she's like. And outside this one's been dating Brad for or Chuck, is it? No, Chuck's the one she's getting that uh, Tanya's marrying. This one's been been dating Brad for two weeks. Like if she needs to get engaged. It's her time, yeah. These these are all horrible toxic friends. Yeah. yeah. But oh yeah, so they make her throw the bouquet again. And I mean, I just love Muriel's like out I mean, all the outfits in this film are amazing, yeah. but this this opening <laughs> outfit, because the, the dress is obviously a big part of this opening scene mm-hmm. because she gets arrested for shoplifting this dress. Mm-hmm. And it is such a such an ensemble for like a, like the, it's this like leopard skin print dress with hot pants underneath that are also leopard skin print mm-hmm. and also a matching scrunchie in her side ponytail <laughs> and these massive it's just it's amazing yeah it's really good 
But yeah, it turns out that she shoplifted this dress because then she is caught by uh, the police turn up and say, we've got, we want to talk to you about your dress. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that she's been spotted by the store detective. Yeah, and like, wow, it's uh, amazing that you tracked her down. She's like, oh no, I, I'm the groom's cousin. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how mean spirited do you have to be to be at a wedding and to be like, that's a stolen dress. I'm going to shop this woman. Like, mm. <laughs> uh, Well, at this point, I wasn't sure if she'd stolen it or if it's just, if, if that was just a way of somebody not liking her or not liking the way that she looked and mm. just being like, we need to get rid of this person from the wedding. Mm -hmm. True, but that's not the case. But no, she, she did steal this dress. Mm. So she gets taken home. Um, she lives with her parents still and her I think there's four of us. There's so many siblings running around. Mm. I think there's four. Yeah, I think she's got two brothers and a sister. Two brothers, two sisters, because there's the main sister. Oh, and there's, there's a much younger one There's as a well. much younger one who just is always on the phone who doesn't really have any lines. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's a younger brother who runs around as well. Yeah. But yeah, so there's this family, and they're clearly very poor, and they're all like complete layabouts. Um, mm -hmm. But her father is like a corrupt local politician. Yeah. And he basically buys off the police who drop her off with... Um, Crazy bear. We've been crazy bear, yeah. It's yeah. a great smash cut. You just see them, him walk at, them walk. Well, because he says he says to one of the boys like, "Oh, go go and get them a beer." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he, he never gets them a beer, and then they walk away. They've got a massive crate of beer. Like, yeah, is that a beer or mm. is that like twenty? Yeah. So we get immediately we, we we get this thing, and she just sits in a, and Muriel's just sitting in a bedroom listening to Dancing Queen by Abba and just feeling sorry for herself. And mm. we instantly know everything about who this person is, basically. Mm. Yeah, so her dad's this corrupt politician, and then they all, the family are all at this Chinese restaurant, and the dad just basically rips them all to shreds. He's just horribly abusive. To, he's a horrible, horrible father to mm -hmm. all of them. He says they're all useless, and he just basically belittles them all and tells them all that they, they're, they're complete disappointments to him. I was thinking during this, because um, I like, like Dad 101. <laughs> this is how to do it. Because yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I like to rank my villains. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think that he is he he's close to Billy Zane from Titanic. Mm, yeah, I think they give him a little like he's not like mustache twirly villain. He's more just like a, a bad person. Yeah, you know? but and he, he gets a not not a redemption, but he gets a little bit of like spark of humanity at the end. They kind of yeah. almost he, he he learns the same lesson as Muriel. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but. And he's, oh, we should have said he's played by uh, the great Australian actor, Bill Hunter, who I, f I believe is in every Australian film ever. Yeah. He's just one of those. <laughs> he just pops up in literally everything. So yeah, he, he was yeah. great. So he's incredibly horrible to his children and his wife, his mm -hmm. poor wife, who's this very quiet, mousy woman who's obviously quite depressed. Mm -hmm. And he's also very brazenly having an affair with this woman, Deirdre Chambers, mm -hmm. who's every time they're in this restaurant, which is or in any restaurant, it's multiple times the film. <laughs> in multiple cities. In multiple cities, she will turn up yeah. and be like, Deirdre Chambers, what a coincidence. Mm -hmm. And she'll sit down like... The le it's funny, but it's also the level of disrespect he has for his poor wife that he's not even bothering to hide it. He's just like, mm. yeah, just come to the restaurant and sit down and join us for a meal. And like, yeah, it's so sad. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Deirdre does actually do Muriel a favor because Muriel, we gather from her dad's horrible rants is that she's been unemployed for God knows how long. She doesn't mm. bring any money in and he sent her away to type in school, but she couldn't learn to type and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So Deirdre offers her a job kind of selling cosmetics yeah um, so it's kind of like she she sells her a few makeup kits and then she'd have to sell them on for a profit it's kind of like those avon ladies kind of thing mm -hmm. i guess like a door-to-door -door salesman kind of thing um so muriel takes that job then around that same time she's out for drinks with her 
horrible bitchy friends from the wedding mm-hmm. and all oh we, i forgot to mention at the wedding she spotted the groom chuck oh yeah uh, having sex with one of the bridesmaids yes. but she didn't tell anyone but she she spotted that happening mm-hmm. um because that's a that's a that's a high class move to mm-hmm. not literally on your wedding day just to, yeah <laughs> 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 but yeah so she's seen that and, and in, in in whatever couple of weeks later have passed and now the the bride has found out that the that her husband's having an affair not mm-hmm. because anyone told her but because she's found lipstick on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like crying and crying and crying. And then they they all decide to, all the other friends convince the bride to cash in her honeymoon and they'll all go on like a girl's holiday that they were planning to go on to, yeah. Hibiscus Island, which is in Florida, like a resort in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the first Muriel has heard about this party. She's like, mm-hmm. what holiday? And mm. then they decide that this is the moment to to dump her essentially they break up with her as friends they tell her that they do ask her to finish her drink first oh that's true that's one of my favorite lines let her finish her orgasm (laughs) (laughs) and and then the awkwardness as she sits there with the straw just slowly like drinking this uh, yeah that's really good we're gonna tell her after the holiday but I think we should tell her now Muriel wait let her finish her orgasm but yeah and they they basically tell her that yeah, they do, we don't want you hanging around us anymore. And they, they they just really rip into her again. They say that she's embarrassing and she doesn't fit in with them and she needs to find friends at her own level and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're really dismissive of her. And find friends down at her own level. Yeah, that's it. You need, yeah, we need to, you need to find friends down on your level. They're mm-hmm. just, they are awful. awful, mm-hmm. awful. And this is one of my favorite scenes in the film, actually, I think that, that kind of sums up why I think this film is so special is that, so they do this horrible thing to her and then they go back to kind of talking among themselves. And like Tanya, the bride mm. is like, she's crying over her husband, but mm. like performatively crying. Like she's obviously just a drama mm. queen. And yeah. she's like, you know, I hate him so much. I'm going to go sleep with a thousand men. Mm. And then Muriel starts really crying. Mm-hmm. And like, this is amazing from Tony Collette. I think that like proper, like ugly crying. And mm. she's so devastated and she's like begging them not to, not to break up with her and to not stop being friends with her. And she just is absolutely heartbroken. And they just, they're so horrified by her like mm-hmm. authentic human reaction. That yeah. They're just like, you're embarrassing us again. Like, <laughs> and then they just leave her. Yeah. And it's really sad, but it's, also yeah, it's uh, horrible. Yeah. But like, I love, I, I love that the film like does that. Like I said, it go, it, it isn't afraid to be like, Oh no, she's not just someone you can laugh at. She's a human being and she's mm-hmm. in pain. And like, mm-hmm. she like says something like, I'm not nothing. Like, it's really sad. Muriel, you've got to find friends on your own level. Like I found Chalk. He's up on my level. Marrying him was the happiest day of my life. I love him so much. (laughs) Bastard! I'll show him. I'll go on this holiday and I'll sleep with a thousand men. Can't you think of anyone but yourself? Ten years of sin. I'm not nothing. Well, nobody did that. I was not Jelly out of the group. You're embarrassing us again. So they go on their holiday, and she makes the terrible decision. Terrible, terrible. I mean, it works out for her, but like. <laughs> It's a rough one. This is the worst part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing that anybody does in the movie. Steals the money. Yeah. Is Steve, because 
I, I don't get the impression that they're a rich family. Well, no, they're not, because $12,000 wipes them out. Yeah, you know? like, they've not got loads of money. Mm. Only one person has a job, mm. and to, to varying levels of success. Mm-hmm. There are five children. Mm-hmm. and Well, the children are all adults, but yeah. Sure, well, there's five grown adult children who mm-hmm. are all not bringing money in and yeah. presumably eating loads and not mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah. Oh no, this is bad. This is this the, is bad. The, the mother's at her wits' end as well, and like, you know, by doing it, it's like as the mother basically says, it's all, it makes it all the mother's fault. Yeah. Just no, like, no, you 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 wouldn't steal that money. You wouldn't do that to me. Yeah. No, you, I think the mother's like blind optimism and like mm. faith is the saddest thing about this whole situation. She she yeah. never judges her. Yeah. She's just like. But actually, interestingly enough, the this was based on the director's. This part of the story was based on the director's real life. Apparently he. Apparently, he had quite an abusive father mm-hmm. who wasn't very nice. And he had a sister, and his sister did steal a load of money from the family and then ran off to Sydney mm. for, like, years. Right. But and but then the director was like, I kind of understood why she did it. you know. And, and that's that was kind of the inspiration for it. So, But it's also so selfish because yeah. what about the mother or her four siblings? Mm-hmm. What if any of them are going through anything similar to what she's going through? Well, true. And well, now there's no yeah. more money to steal. No, absolutely. This is true. And that... that like, that is the thing. She's a very flawed character, but like it's going to make everybody's lives harder, and nobody else is going to have that escape opportunity that she's got. True, but she just wants to get out. She's just I get so it, desperate. but but also, she doesn't even do that as as an escape from the family. Mm-hmm. She takes that money so so she can go on a brief holiday, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, no, it's and a- like and like she she comes back and like she, she she's not she doesn't have a suitcase full of money. Mm-hmm. She's not prepared to run away and leave. True, so. Yeah, it's not like she stole the money and ran away. She stole the money, went on holiday. Yeah, no, I... I it's could... just a holiday. It's not a life change. Yeah. I don't think this is at any point supposed to be suggesting that she's a stable person at this point. Like no. She's got a lot of problems and no, she I, is I'm, behaving. I'm, absolutely, but it yeah. is just one of the most selfish it things. It is hard, it, yeah, and I think it, it is a testament to Tony Collette that you have any sympathy for her after this scene. Yeah. It is, it is awful. Yeah, because yeah, basically the she tr- kind of tricks the mother because the, the dad says, I'll write her a blank check so she can buy the... the cosmetics that she needs which would mm. come to like we learn later would come to like 80 dollars or something mm-hmm. so the mum's writing her a blank check and she and she says oh, who, sh- who should i make it out to and muriel says oh cash yeah and that, which means she can cash it herself or happen to go to anyone mm-hmm. else and yeah she then she steals twelve thousand dollars and flies off to the same island that her bitchy ex-friends have gone to mm-hmm. and yeah i mean what her end game was in going to the exact same holiday resort is yeah, yeah. mind-blowing like <laughs> terrible idea but again the reaction from them really makes me laugh when they're just it's this very beachy florida resort and they're all just sat sipping cocktails and when they just look and she's just sat across the pool just kind of staring at them it's mm. just and they just scream it is <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny mm. and then also it yeah it does that whole funny sad funny thing again where they storm over to her and like throw drinks in her face like mm. and just go you mental case stay away mm. from us and then storm away again and then one of my other favorite i have so many favorite lines but one of my <laughs> definitely my top five and again, it's just about everything about the way it looks. Is there's one girl who's slightly, slightly kinder than the rest of them, mm-hmm. only slightly, and she's standing in front of Muriel. The rest all storm off, and she's wearing like this giant pink hat mm-hmm. and these like coconut shell bra, and like just looking so tacky. And she just kind of looks at Muriel and goes, "You've got no dignity, Muriel." <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, great line. Uh, <laughs> Hi. What a coincidence. You mental case! You keep away from us! 
no dignity, Muriel. But yeah, so while she's on this island, she coincidentally runs into another old school friend, mm-hmm. uh, not part of the horrible bitchy clique called no. Rhonda, mm-hmm. who's played by Rachel Griffiths. Yeah. She's an old pal from school who also hates the bitchy girls. Mm-hmm. And she recognizes Muriel instantly. Mm. Uh, but Muriel pretends that, well, she assumes that Muriel must be engaged. Yes. So, and Muriel just goes along with this lie and kind of claims that she is engaged to a guy called Tim Sims. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the fast thinking Tim Sims. Um, <laughs> And Rhonda kind of guesses that she must be out for some kind of last one last fling kind of thing. Yeah. So they get this whole this whole lie kind of builds up. But Rhonda is basically the exact kind of person that you would want to, you know, run into on a holiday mm. and like change your life a little bit and make yeah. you know she's just completely non judgmental and is tons of fun and instantly just really likes Muriel, mm-hmm. stands up to the bitches, like she she goes up to the bitchy bitchy girls and introduces herself and they kind of remember her a little bit and then she they offer to like take her for a drink and she's like shove the drinks up your ass ta- arsehole tanya i'd never i'd never want to drink with you and but and then she kind of says um she reveals that one of the other bitchy girls mm-hmm. was the one who slept with mm-hmm. the bride so yeah. she she calls she just causes havoc between those girls mm-hmm. and i love how the net we just see them like react into that and then the next scene we, we just cut to the, the two <laughs> girls with like black eyes like, i love it it's yeah. great <laughs> such a good cut it's such a funny cut yeah and then we we get Rhonda and Muriel doing the amazing full-length ABBA, ABBA lip sync. This was fantastic. So fun. And like Tony Collette in this was outstanding. So I love how mm. she starts off with this dance with no confidence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like she's just, she's following, she's following Rhonda's moves. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know the moves very well. She doesn't, doesn't have the confidence to kind of lead. Yeah. And so she's just sort of following. But then by the end, especially when the, the other girls start fighting, mm-hmm. by the end, she's just doing, it, it's a, it's a two piece at that point. Like, yeah absolutely got it it's great mm. it's fantastic my favorite bit is uh, well the dancing is amazing it's full it's fully recreating the um waterloo video mm. but also the bit, there's a bit where she just kind of because uh, rachel they're both wearing wigs mm-hmm. and rachel griffith ronda's wearing the frida wig the, yeah. the, the redheaded abigail's big kind of big permy wig mm-hmm. and, just, <laughs> and and you just kind of pushes the wig to the side yeah. so her face is in the frame that's, <laughs> that's just fantastic it's comedy genius <laughs> <right>? <laughs> What a fantastic surprise. I don't believe it. I haven't seen you since Hopper Spit High. How are you? Married? Muriel told me. Turkey. Chook. Chook, that's right. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Come and have a drink with us. Really? You want to have a drink with me? Well, we can't let you spend the entire holiday alone. Well, we're not in school anymore, Rhonda. You don't have to feel you're not good enough for us now. I don't. If I feel you've changed, I'll tell you. I'm honest. Unlike some people, I tell it like it is. The truth? Yes. I tell the truth, too. Nicole's having an affair with Chook. Muriel saw them fucking in the laundry on your wedding day. Stick your drink up your ass, Tanya. I would rather swallow razor blades than drink with you. Oh, by the way, I'm not alone. I'm with Muriel. 
so yeah, they have this amazing they they, just, they just totally connect and they have this amazing friendship instantly um they, they, they get drunk on the beach that night and mm-hmm. again there's another like slightly sad little moment when they're, they're like laughing and singing along and having a great time and they're drunk and then just muriel just gets very sad and thoughtful for a moment she kind of just goes do you ever think you're nothing mm-hmm. and it's just it's really lovely and then well i mean it's sad but it's also then ronda like talks to her up and says you're not nothing you're you're amazing and mm-hmm. you've you know you've you've someone wants to marry you, which is obviously not true, which makes mm-hmm. it a bit sad, but like, you know, like she really gives her self-belief and she gives her self-confidence. It's, mm. She's just great. She's fantastic. Yeah. So then Muriel flies back to Pauper Spit. I think I forgot to mention that the town they live in is called Pauper Spit, which is a great name for a <laughs> shitty town. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> not a real place, sadly, but a, ah. gra- a great name for a shitty place. Like a yeah. shitty, like sub Blackpool beach resort kind of place. Mm. Yeah, she goes back and obviously she's in a huge amount of trouble because she's stolen all of them, all of her parents' money. Mm-hmm. And the mum's like, Dad's so angry, you know, that... You're terrible, Oh, yeah, we, we get the first You're Terrible Muriel from the sister, which yeah. is her catchphrase for the movie, yeah. yeah. And again, another great... I'd say it's the line of the movie. It, it is. It's the defining line of the movie. Yeah. Mm. It's the most quoted by far, yeah. Mm. But yeah, again, so the, she's like, you didn't really steal that money from me, did you? And then uh, we get another great just smash cut of her picking her bags up again, mm. walking out the door, and then the taxi just drives into the distance, mm-hmm. and she just... She leaves them. She yeah. just leaves them again. Like she yeah. does a runner. Again. It's just awful. <laughs> not the best behavior, no, but you know, she's she's in too deep now. So mm-hmm. uh, and then we cut to she moves to Sydney and she, in she's set up with Rhonda it's now. It's a new chapter at this point. It's a it's yeah, it's it's literally a new chapter. And she's, like, and she's had her hair done and she looks amazing. She looks so much better. She's definitely found yeah. her found her style now, yeah. Mm. And she's working in a VHS store, which is was always my dream job when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Uh, yeah, and she's working in a VHS store, and she even gets a date. Mm-hmm. She gets asked out for a date by uh, by lovely Bryce. Mm-hmm. Poor sweet Bryce with his terrible dance skills. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm related to this guy. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I, I could yeah. say elements of you in Bryce, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she gets asked out by this, like, he's like a nerdy video store, like, addict kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And they go dancing with Rhonda to this nightclub and Rhonda's just like going for it. Mm. Like, she's got two men on the go. And <laughs> then she takes those two guys home and... Yeah, they try and dance, and oh, he's dancing. Yeah. Bless his heart, his dancing is some of the best worst I've ever seen on film. Oh, I think it's better than mine, though. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never... He's trying. I've never seen you try to dance. I can't. No, but you, you don't try. You, you don't... I've never seen you be like, oh, fuck it, I'll just throw some moves. You just choose not to, which is your choice, that's fine. But yeah. Anyway, so they, they go out dancing, and then they go back to the flat that she's sharing with Rhonda. And Rhonda is very, very loud to having a threesome in the next room. This whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and we have this amazing, awkward... Oh, well, first she sees on the news, she sees her dad on the news. Because mm-hmm. it turns out that from her stealing all her dad's money, mm-hmm. it's led to her dad being investigated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they found out all this corruption. Because he's, he's a politician, he, he, all yeah. this corruption, all these bribes he takes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's under police investigation. He's on like the national news being like investigated. Mm-hmm. So she like panically turns the TV off. And then they have this amazingly awkward attempted seduction scene when he's like the the lying on a on a beanbag which is never a good thing to have sex on no. lying on a big giant beanbag and then he tries to unzip her like leather, leather pants, leather pants yeah. and he gets the wrong zip mm-hmm. and he opens the beanbag and there's just beans flying mm-hmm. everywhere I guess and then she's laughing so hard that she accidentally kicks him over mm-hmm. a bird cage flies through a glass window it's mm-hmm. all it all goes wrong yep and then these two naked... And she's like cackling with she's laughter. She's how- screeching with laughter. Yeah. And the two guys that Rhonda's having the threesome with come running out completely naked and they think that she's screaming in terror because mm-hmm. her laughter is so high-pitched. Mm-hmm. And so they think that he must have been assaulting her. So then they like pin him down and he's just like on the floor, the poor guy. And then 
she's screaming. She, she's with laughing because there's these two giant, mostly naked men. Yeah, she's laughing at their dicks. It's yeah. just hilarious. And <laughs> yeah, and then but in the middle of all this chaos, uh, Rhonda falls over and mm -hmm. reveals that she can't move her legs anymore. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the big dramatic turn in that Rhonda learns that she has cancer mm -hmm. and she needs to to have it removed from her spine is going to mean, mean that she may never walk again basically yeah. so we learn that Rhonda has cancer and she needs emergency spinal surgery she's struggling to walk and muriel is kind of helping her through a physio and mm -hmm. being a really good friend and she gives this amazing speech where Rhonda gets really like overwhelmed and upset and she's like i hate this i hate that i can't walk i hate that i rely on you for everything like how can you how can you stand it and she says you know when i live back in pauper spit I used to spend my entire life sitting in my bedroom listening to ABBA songs. But since I met you, I've not listened to one ABBA song because mm -hmm. my life's as good as an ABBA song now. It's as good as Dancing Queen. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great, sweet little speech. And yeah. <laughs> so also she gets a phone call from her family again. And oh no, she, she calls her family from the hospital. That's mm -hmm. it. Because she's seen them on TV. And she finds out that and she's, she's like, why is what's going on? Why is dad on the national news? And the yeah. sister says, well, uh, the police are investigating him for taking bribes. And she's like, well, is he taking bribes? Like, yeah, but only because you stole all our money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she gets this phone call. She realizes that what, just exactly how much trouble she's got her family into. Mm. So that I think that combined with Rhonda's cancer, like, obviously puts her under a lot of stress. And her coping mechanism for all of this stress is that she starts going into local bridal wear stores and mm -hmm. pretending to be a bride-to-be. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she told Rhonda that her and Tim Sims had broken up and that she was like a bride on the run. That's how she, she's yeah, kind of... Yeah. And she's changed her name to Mariel. I forgot she's also changed her name to Mariel. Yeah. yeah from Muriel to Mariel. Such a needlessly pointless... Yeah, but, it really is. But it really made me laugh that she's just literally changed one letter. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so she starts going... Yeah, because it's like, oh, I hated the name. Muriel Hislop. Now I'm Mariel Hislop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so similar. Yeah. Yeah, so she starts dealing with all the stress by... Because she's still focused on this idea that marriage is the be all and end all and that's what's mm. going to make her happy she just wants to get married so she's yeah. living in this fantasy and she tells all the bridal store every bridal store she goes into she tells a different version of the story about how mm. she's her mother is sick or her sister's in a coma or something mm -hmm. and she gets all the photos and she builds up this kind of bridal book of you know herself posing in all of these beautiful wedding dresses and yeah. stuff and that, that's like her weird little stress mechanism mm -hmm. but then Rhonda finds the album Mm. Uh, and she thinks that Muriel's leaving her to go back to, to she, she assumes that Muriel's getting or Mariel is getting back with Tim Sims yeah and so she she confronts Mar she actually finds Muriel in a wedding shop mm -hmm. trying on a dress she kind of she's walking down she's not walking she's in a taxi down the street and she sees her through the window she kind of goes rolling in mm -hmm. and she kind of confronts her on it and then Muriel finally tells the truth and she's like I'm not there is no Tim Sims I made it all up it's all a lie I don't, I'm not getting married. I just want to get married. And she, she has a complete breakdown. She's mm. saying like, well, who'd want yeah. to marry me? And she's like, you say, she's like stupid, ugly, fat Muriel Hesloff. I hate her. And I don't want to go back there. And she's just mm -hmm. crying and crying. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, I do again, one of the saddest scenes in the film, but then also one of the funniest moments when the <laughs> wedding shop person goes, that's what this film does so well. Exactly. That's how it yeah. stops from getting too depressing. Cause then yeah. the wedding assistant goes up and goes, have you been in a coma? <laughs> 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 like, Fuck off. <laughs> What are you doing? No, nothing. Why didn't you tell me you were going to marry Tim? Who? Tim Sims, your fiancé, the one who wants to shoot you. No, 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 just a minute. You can't come in here and threaten brides. I don't care how unfortunate you are. Fuck off. Oh. What is going on, Mario? I've 
seen your wedding album. You've tried on every dress in Sydney. That doesn't mean I'm getting married. What else does it mean? I want to get married. I've always wanted to get married. If I can get married, it means I've changed. I'm a new person. How? Because who'd want to marry me? Tim Sims. There is no Tim Sims. I made him up. In Paul spit, no one would even look at me. But when I came to Sydney and became Mari, or Bryce asked me out. And that proves I'm already different than I was. And if someone wants to marry me, I'm not her anymore. I'm me. Her? Muriel! Muriel Heslop! Stupid, fat and useless! I hate her! I'm not going back to being her again! Oh, why can't it be me? Why can't I be the one? Have you been in a coma? Yes, so... Doesn't um, Rhonda have the line a, a bit earlier when the doctor says that, like, yeah, you've got you've got a cancerous tumour? Mm. And doesn't she have the line, like, is it from unprotected sex? She says it's not from too much sex. Too it? much sex, yeah. yeah. And then she also says, oh, my God, cancer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go bald and eat macrobiotic food. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so her and Rhonda have this little this kind of falling out and she's obviously very devastated by it. So she starts looking for, she starts looking through the local advertisements, like the local papers for, for Matt, for like dates, I guess. And she finds an advert for, from a South African athlete called mm-hmm. David Van Arkel, mm-hmm. who's looking for like a bride of convenience, basically who has yeah. to be Australian because he wants, he needs to marry an Australian to get Australian citizenship so he can represent Australia rather than South Africa mm-hmm. in the Olympic games. Yeah. So, yeah, she she goes to meet him and his coach, and yeah, he, that David Van Arkel's his horrified reaction to it, his facial expressions <laughs> for this whole scene—they're oh, so harsh. It's the... it, it's awful, but just mm. I love the contrast to what Muriel's doing with her face at this point. Yeah, she's just so delusional at this point. Yeah. She's just like happy to be going along with this scheme, mm. like, and the coach is really in on it, and yeah, she does say some hilarious things at this bit. Like, mm-hmm. They're talking about um, the reason she he, he can't represent South Africa is because there's been like a race, there's a load of race uh, tension at the, at the like some, some black people oh, got yeah, shot yeah. and she goes, "Are you black?" And he yeah. goes, he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but the coach decides that she's the perfect candidate, even mm. despite his deep, deep misgivings. Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> what about the blonde from yesterday? You didn't like her. Well, I've changed my mind. <laughs> And he, he says the he says the immortal line. He says, um, "Now, Muriel, do you think you'd have any trouble with with lying?" <laughs> She's like, "Give it a go." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so she gets married to she agrees to get married to David Van Arkel, mm-hmm. um, and then she has her she has her dream wedding. But mm-hmm. that does mean that she has to leave Rhonda. She kind of really throws Rhonda under a bus mm-hmm. in this sequence. So she she has her dream wedding to. To the, to the rich South African guy, and it's like a big ceremony. It's everything she wanted. She's wearing a beautiful dress. All the all the bitches come. They're her bridesmaids. She brings them back in to be the bridesmaids, which she thinks is is like a personal victory. It's like, well, now I'm as good as they were. It's yeah, like she's yeah, completely yeah. misunderstood. You know, when they dumped her and said, you need to find friends on your level, she's thought, right, I'm going to get to your level kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, yes, yeah, so she has this, this kind of deeply depressing wedding <laughs> nobody's happy about at all. <laughs> Um, apart from her, she's just thrilled in mm-hmm. that moment. I mean, I love the the walk up the aisle to again 
great use of Avatar. I do, I do, I do. The Avatar yeah. song. Oh, so yeah, the, yeah. The awkward, the bridesmaids are like trying to like find the right rhythm to walk because it's like a really like <laughs> fast paced kind of song. Mm. So that was really funny. <laughs> Rhonda does attend in her wheelchair with mm. her mother and she reveals that she has to move back to Pauper Spit, which was the one thing she begged Muriel never to make, never to let her do. She's mm. having to move back to Pauper Spit with her mum. Yeah. She can't look after herself or take care of the rents or anything. Yeah. So that's really sad. Um, Oh shit, Rhonda has this run-in with the, the bitches and mm-hmm. obviously they haven't seen her since the holiday when she wasn't in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my God, what happened to you? And she's like, oh, I've got cancer. And, and one of the girls goes, oh, you were so full of life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead, Brenda. It's <laughs> <So> awful. <laughs> so bad. But I, I loved, yeah, I just loved her. I'm not dead, Cheryl. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. And then her and Muriel have a whole confrontation where she kind of tells Muriel, like, you gave up on me and, mm-hmm. and I'm having to move home now. And it's kind of, it's all your fault. And Muriel says, well, I don't want you to go back to Porpoise Bit. And she's mm-hmm. like on a bus and she's like, well, you should have thought about that before you gave up on me. And mm-hmm. then she's like, oh, no, I don't, I mean, I don't want you to go on the bus. I've got you two plane tickets. Mm-hmm. Just, again, one of the, one of the worst things she's like, kick her while she's down. Just really kick her while she's down. Yeah. Well, she doesn't mean, I don't think she like knows how. Crushed. No, absolutely not. She's just clueless. Yeah. And of course, the saddest part of the wedding, mm. the, the most heartbreaking, the mm. mother, mm-hmm. the mother who arrives because the father's still broke from the, and he's increasingly under police investigation, it seems. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like things are getting any easier for him. And he's shown up to the wedding with his mistress. Oh yeah. He's fully left his wife for Deirdre Chambers now. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have, they have a dinner, don't they, in Sunday? Yeah. So he's left his wife for Deirdre Chambers mm-hmm. and he doesn't even pay for his wife to come to the wedding she has to get a bus she doesn't mm-hmm. even get a plane ticket to sydney mm-hmm. and so she arrives to the wedding late mm-hmm. they don't even wait for her no like it like it, it is mentioned to muriel as well that like your, your, your mom's just got an attack so you shall be here in 15 minutes or something like that yeah and they just don't wait for her it's yeah. awful yeah and then not, none of this none of the siblings are there at all i guess no, no. nobody's bothered to pay for them to go mm-hmm. um so yeah the poor mum. she arrives late she just at the end she parks herself in the, at the very back mm-hmm. she's got like a Pre- like presents in her arms and you know, she's mm-hmm. got a fancy hat and everything it's oh it's gutting when she walks really when, she, when, when they walk down the aisle and she just misses her completely mm-hmm. like it, it she does doesn't ignore her she just she just doesn't see her mm. but then you the, the camera just really holds on the mum and, 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 and this is the point when she breaks she yeah and she really starts crying yeah and it's yeah. oh it's devastation it's really hard to watch yeah it is it's i mean her, that actress amazing outstanding she's yeah. fantastic i mean all the acting is amazing but yeah. she was so because like before before this throughout the film she'd been very blindly optimistic like mm. oh no you, you there must be a problem with the bank like you you, you wouldn't you wouldn't take that money from me you wouldn't mm. you wouldn't take those checks and and you know stuff like that and she's been quite optimistic with with the dad as well like, oh yeah i better actually make that cup of tea yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. believe what those horrible people at the post office say about your father yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all that sort of stuff and then this is the point where just her world falls apart. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, it's just too much. It's really sad. Yeah. Mm. And then shortly afterwards, things don't get any better for the mum because then we see her, she's shopping in the local supermarket back in Porpoise Bit and her feet, uh, we see her feet are just cracked and red and hurting because mm. she's only got this one pair of shoes, I guess, because mm-hmm. they've lost all their money. And so she shoplifts a pair of sandals. Well, it's never really clear if she deliberately shoplifts or just forgets. She says she forgets. Mm. But anyway, she puts on these sandals and she gets caught by, of course the bitch store detective and she ends, <laughs> she ends she ends up in a prison cell again mm-hmm. and then the dad has to go and bail her out again mm-hmm. and then it, w- with whatever kind of last little bits of influence he still has with the local police or whatever mm-hmm. man- manages to get her off again and he's driving her home and she's just broken and she's mm-hmm. just like i didn't mean to steal them 
I really need help. Like mm. she, she literally is crying for help mm-hmm. and he turns the radio up on her and just drowns her out. <laughs> oh it is so cruel. Mm. And then he's just like, I'm leaving. He just packs his bags. He's like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm moving in with Deirdre. Mm. And, he's, and he blames her for everything. He just yeah, kind of, so much blame in this. In this yeah, he, yeah, he's like, the reason I didn't get elected to like state office all these years ago, it's because my family didn't measure up and it's all your fault and you mm. brought me down all these years. Mm-hmm. Just horrible and just leaves her there. Mm-hmm. And then she just has a complete breakdown. She starts attacking one of her sons and is mm-hmm. like, you know, get out of the house, you lay about, stop embarrassing your father. Mm-hmm. And again, because she's so gentle for the first half of the film, the mm-hmm. fact that she just has this complete breakdown is so powerful mm-hmm. and then he just like slaps her back and is like you're the embarrassment you mad bitch and just yeah. like storms out and leaves her and then again we get this just long mm. like still shot of just her standing by the table just slowly breaking down mm-hmm. and it's so sad yeah um, at this point i'm like oh my god it's her movie it really is at this point it really does become her film yeah, yeah. she's and and then she she then she kills herself basically off screen we don't mm-hmm. see the suicide scene thank god that would have been too much yeah, but <laughs> like yeah muriel gets a phone call from her husband's uh, mansion i guess mm. uh, from the sister to say that the mum has died mm. and they all claim it publicly that she had a heart attack mm. and she died in her sleep but then when muriel comes home this the sister the your terrible sister she she's obviously very upset and she's crying and she she admits that she took sleeping pills she took an overdose but mm-hmm. the doctor kind of hid it so to kind of protect the dad kind of thing mm. so so yeah she's at the she's at the funeral her mum's funeral and her dad is still just take making it all about him mm. like they get the, the there's a telegram gets written out by gets read out a telegram from a former prime minister of australia like a, me- yeah. a little message of condolence gets read out and he's just uh, like sat next to muriel on the in the aisles and mm-hmm. he's just like what are the journalists doing bastards i'm not forgotten i've got a prime minister writing to me on my wife's funeral kind of thing mm-hmm. and the deirdre as well as being absolutely awful she said in the in the apartment before the funeral i think when mm-hmm. she's like clearing all the stuff out and she's like she says at least you know at least your mother's life would have amounted to something now because it means that because she's died that you know, the police will go the authorities will go easy on the dad i think that's what mm. she would have wanted it's just yeah yeah it's just horrible and her this life is amounted to something. her life amounted like, to something it's, yeah it's sick it is truly like sociopathically mm. awful yeah it was a heart attack. Joni found her. She was lying on the bed, looking peaceful. She didn't suffer. She made the ultimate sacrifice for your father. Judge will be lenient on him now. He's got kids to support. She'd be glad in the end her life amounted to something. And this is like Muriel's wake up call. Like mm. I think at the, at, the, at the funeral, actually, she has like that she realizes like just how bad. Yeah. And she doesn't want to be like her it's dad. It's like the dad isn't actually thinking, he's only thinking about like himself, his public image. Exactly, yeah. And she, something happens and she just realizes and she runs out of the funeral mm-hmm. uh, and she admits to her husband that she can't stay married to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he kind of... After having sex with him. After having sex, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> get it, Muriel. <laughs> A swimmer's body, my God. But like, it's great because, so, so she goes, she goes, she goes back to him and she just opens up to him and like, mm-hmm. She's, Shows she's, she's answer, talking yeah. quietly and slowly and she's just being her actual self like there's mm. no there's no longer this image in front and she's being her real self and he finds her attractive in this yeah. in this moment like he sees her for who she is mm. and when she's this vulnerable person this selfless for the first time mm. vulnerable person he finds that really attractive yeah absolutely and yeah he looks a bit upset when she wants to separate from him definitely because beforehand he had like nothing but contempt for her no yeah. like on the night of their wedding they're sleeping in separate bedrooms and mm. he says something like what kind of person 
marries someone they don't know. Yeah. And she's like, well, you did. And yeah, yeah. Like, and everybody says, well, I want to win. I've always wanted to win. And she's like, well, so do I. Like, so, mm. you know, again, it's all about, you know, being this person and winning this imaginary contest that mm. she's got in her head. And like I said, now she finally lets all that go and is just vulnerable and understands what really matters. And mm. uh, yeah, so they have their quite tender goodbye. And uh, she offers to give him back the £10,000 that he got from, she got for marrying him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says she can keep it, which is, very generous since it yeah. must have been like a week at most. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I bet the coach was pretty pissed off about that, but sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then she... She only gives five grand back to her dad. She gives, yeah, well, she's got, I, 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 she's I, I, got I, a live. You know, she's got yeah, a set. I know, but like five grand, that's, that's a... That's not even half, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so after leaving David, she goes back to Pauper Spit and she collects Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And Rhonda is still living with the mum and the bitch, the bitch friends are all there. Mm-hmm. And they're just being as awful as ever. <laughs> so, like, talking about how like they've, they've made friends with this girl, Rose Biggs. And she's like, Rose Biggs? I thought she sucked your husband's cock. <laughs> yeah, but then I sucked her husband's cock and I realized that we all make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> just fantastic. <laughs> and then, so then Muriel like comes in and asks Rhonda to go back to Sydney with her and to give her another chance. Mm-hmm. And um, the mother's like, why, why would you can't just come in here and turn Rhonda against the people who care about her the most. And Rhonda's mm-hmm. like, yes, you can. And they, yeah. they go out together. They run out to the car, into the car, but they drive, they're driving away. The, the bit, the main bitch girl, Tanya is like, I, wait a minute. You, I mean, finish this, but you, but you skipped over her dad. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That before she picks up Rhonda, she has a yeah. whole heart to heart with her dad. Sorry. Yeah. That's important too. Yes. She has a heart to heart with her dad in the garden after, after the, so like the funeral, the mum singed the garden. Oh which, yeah, she burnt which, the garden to the ground, which, yeah. which is one thing. So because yeah. she got fed up of waiting for Perry to mow it, they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing that I noticed about this was it's smoking even like after the funeral. The, like gar- days the garden later, is still yeah. like, <laughs> it's still smoking. Yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't really be in there. Like it's, no, <laughs> quite dangerous. How do you go about burning a lawn? True, she must have doused it in petrol. I That's guess the only way you but, could do it. Like, there's no other fire damage. Like, no. none of the bushes. Like, that the house is fine. It's just a raised. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Like, mm. she did a very neat job. Yeah. Well, you know, to the very end, house, <laughs> housewife to the end. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she does. You're right. Sorry, the dad thing is more important at this mm. point. So yeah, she she has this. She tells her dad that she's not gonna stay in pauper spit and look after everything. Mm-hmm. He's now like lost everything. He's lost his job. He's unemployed. Mm. Uh, Deirdre's left him because he does. She doesn't want to be around the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, and. He's, he, he tries to guilt trip Muriel. He's like, you've got to stay around and help me. So yeah. Someone's got to look after these kids. And yeah. she's like, no, that's that's your job. That's not my job. Mm. And you've got to stop being so horrible to us. You, we're not useless and we were never useless. And mm-hmm. like, and yeah, she gives him half the money back. Mm. And then he kind of seems like he respects her a little bit now as she stood up to him a little bit. And they have kind of a slightly, you know. And it's 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 good that like that she that she didn't stay, not just for herself, but also that really forces the dad to yeah to, he has to, to step it. up and take responsibility absolutely yeah. yeah he can't he can't just half-ass it yeah exactly so we get nobody else to do it exactly so we get a glimmer of hope from him that maybe he'll mm. be a better person and yeah and then she goes and collects Rhonda from her mother and her friends and mm-hmm. yeah because Rhonda's like sorry mom i love you but you drive me crazy and you three what a bunch of cocksuckers yeah <laughs> it's a great kiss off <laughs> you can't say that to me i'm married i'm beautiful <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and then they, the two of them drive off into the sunset. It's this mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful ending when they're mm. all just shouting goodbye to Pauper Spit. And uh, she doesn't. She learns she doesn't need a man or a wedding or a husband. What she really needs is just a damn good friend. Yeah, and uh, basically. that's basically where it ends. So yeah, it's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely film. It is. Well, it's 
It's a it, 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 it's lovely, lovely, depressing. It, it's lovely. Once, it's, it's lovely once you finished it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sure if I would recommend this to my parents because I wouldn't be convinced that they'd not turn it off in the second. Just because it got too heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, what just happened to the mum? Oh, we can't watch this. And just turn it off there, and then be yeah. like. Harry, that was the most depressing film we've ever seen. Because it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> sure, but like, I mean, if it, like if if it cut before the end, before yeah. it like be- becomes a happy ever after, mm-hmm. that's a horrible film. True, but I think it's not the kind. The, the tone of the film is you don't, you know, it's not going to end in a bleak tragedy. You know, there's going to be some kind of redemption at the end. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Muriel, you can't come barging in here without warning, trying to turn Rhonda against the people who love her, against the people who were there for her when she needed them. Yes, she can. Sorry, Mum, you know I love you, but you drive me crazy. And you three, what a bunch of cocksuckers. Okay, so drinking games? Yeah, sure. Obviously, drink for your terrible Muriel. Abs- I mean, that is the the gold standard drinking game for this film, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an iconic line. It truly mm. is an iconic line. And I love that smile she does her, when her she does smirk, it. Her smirk is fantastic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wonder how many times a day that poor actress still gets asked to do that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I it mean, must be a lot, yeah. Depend, depends how, how many films she's been in since, because if, she, if she's not been in very many, then she probably would quite enjoy doing that quite a lot. It's like, yeah, I was a star once. I, yeah. I had a great line. <laughs> okay, I wonder how many times Tony Collette, who obviously has a lot of other things in her back catalogue, mm. gets that shouted at her. Yeah. <laughs> I would struggle not to. You're terrible, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was, oh, it must be like that guy who played uh, Victor Meldrew, you know, the guy who used to do, I don't believe it. Did you ever see that show? Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Never mind. <laughs> Forget <laughs> it. What's a famous catch, like soap star, or sitcom catchphrase that you... Uh, lots of things from Little Britain. There you go. Yeah, I wonder, it'd be like how many times Matt Lucas gets told, yeah, I'm the only gay in the village kind of thing. Don't like it. Yeah, stuff that like kind of, yeah, that must be like what she has says no. Everyone, yeah, everyone who says it must think they're the first person to say yeah. it to her. I bet. Yeah. I bet it haunts her. <laughs> yeah. Know? Just like yeah. pretend she's really amused every time. Have you ever done that to anybody? Like, have you ever met any celebrities and just being like, oh, do the thing, and you think you're being really original? Mm. No. In the few times I've met celebrities, I... I'm not a big fan of like getting selfies and stuff or quoting their own lines at them. I just try. If I have to have a conversation with them, if I have to, I'm forced to talk to a celebrity. <laughs> I'll just, I'll normally just try and like talk to them as a human being. Yeah. I'm not being like, I, that, I just genuinely wouldn't do that. So Same. Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, the only time I've met a celebrity was very much in a situation where it was just, it, it was appropriate for a conversation and there was nobody else like waiting or anything. Who was that again? Uh, the lead singer of the Cat Empire. So, oh, yes. So, okay. Solo gig he did in the, in the Brood Now. Oh, yeah. He was hanging around before before the gig and after the gig, mm-hmm. and he was just there, just standing in the middle of the Brudenell. There was no, there was nobody there with him, and it was clearly in like his venue for his gig. It was only a very small gig, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I leave my, my chance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. You also like a genuine moment with him. Yeah, that's and like cool. have have a, have a like a hug and everything, but like yeah. at, at no point was that was that like can I take a selfie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, I've met. Yeah, I've, I've, I've when you're touring with the Cat Empire again, I didn't because like it's, he's there on his solo gig. It's it's all about him. Yeah, no, I I ran into a Swedish singer who's only very really famous in her world, obviously. But when I was at, in mm. Stockholm a few years ago, and I, I, I remember going up to her, I was, I was quite drunk, and so, so was she. It was in like a nightclub. She'd done a performance. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I just said like, I don't want a selfie. I don't really need anything. Like, I just wanted to say that like, you, this album you released is one of my all-time favorite albums. So just that's all I want. Just wanted mm-hmm. to tell you that. And she was like. I'm so drunk, but thank you. That means so much to me. And she gave me a big hug. It was great. <laughs> that was really fun. So, yeah. Oh, I've met some other Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was very uneventful. Mm. Yeah. 
was that a festival or something? Yeah, it was a festival. I snuck backstage mm. and uh, bumped into the Kaiser Chiefs. But first, I bumped into some folk act who'd been on much earlier in the day, and they thought I'd snuck back to see them. Oh, yes. I remember you telling me about this. Absolutely hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, celebrities. Yeah. Times. Uh, yeah, so drink for your terrible Muriel. Yeah. Sure, we got off a bit, a bit off track there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One drink game in. Yeah. Um, okay. Drink for casual racism. Mm. There was some uh, very... Yeah, some some questionable. Line. I mean, it's all sure. for the comedy. It's not like this yeah, film yeah. is a racist film, obviously. But yeah, uh, Bill says a few things like um, the, there's a lot of scenes in the Chinese restaurants where he says some quite mm. off color things. He's like, "What's the? There's the man, Charlie Chan, and this kind of stuff." Mm. Or like, uh, or, or actually, Deirdre has the worst line because uh, she's introducing herself to the. I think they're Japanese, actually. Sorry, I think there might be some Japanese investors. I think there's also Chinese there as well. Yeah, or maybe she just assumes doesn't make doesn't see the difference i don't know anyway she's introduced to some asian businessmen mm. and um she's talking about how her career is she's a makeup saleswoman mm. and she says uh with complete sincerity she's like of course your wife you'd know all about that wouldn't you your wives are probably geishas like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i bought i yeah. like yeah with the with the charlie trans one i was like well for all i know his he name is charlie, charlie Chan. Chan. Like, Chan, it, it, it yeah. could be it's possible but yeah. more likely but yeah. i was very aware that i'm absolutely given the benefit of the doubt there just like yeah, yeah. it's possible i think he also calls racist. him a worse because he's, he's been all matey at the beginning before his downfall i think he calls him a much worse racial line later in the film when when it turns out that this guy is like testified against him so right, yeah right yeah. yeah there's a there's a fair bit of that mm. yeah yeah fun mm. um drink for abba music of course, drink for ABBA. So mm-hmm. many ABBA tunes. We get uh, Dancing Queen multiple mm-hmm. times, Waterloo, Fernando, I Do, I Do, I Do. Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia. I think Mamma Mia, maybe. Actually, I think we don't get Mamma Mia. Maybe that was. Uh, maybe ABBA wouldn't give them that one because yeah, they're a musical, so, you know. Was it at that point? I think Mamma Mia the musical came out around the same time as this film. Okay. But I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think Mamma Mia the song is in there, but maybe. Hmm. I want to yeah. watch those films again. We, the Mamma Mia films? Yeah. I'd watch this first. Yeah, oh, well... I, I just did watch this. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sure, they're, they're, they're good. But I watched this just made me think, like, oh yeah, I should watch those. I could stand some more Mamma Mia movies again, like, because I know they're shit, but I really enjoy them. They are, yeah, they're very watchable. Yeah, mm. mm-hmm. they were popular for a reason. Shares in it, exactly. You no, know, I would happily w- watch. She's Meryl's ones. mother. Yeah, no, I'm, you don't. You don't have to do the hard. Shares sell. a great grandmother. You now. don't need to do the hard sell on the <laughs> Mamma Mia movies to me, my love. I will watch them anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so definitely drink for ABBA music. Mm-hmm. Drink for the other probably most quotable line in the film, Deirdre Chambers, what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time Deirdre shows up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drink for smoking. Mm. Yes, Rhonda in particular is a chain smoker, mm. which is never comfortable when she's be- being treated for cancer, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not lung cancer. It's not lung cancer, no. It's a, yeah, she, she, she does love a cigarette. And if you, everyone, everyone basically smokes in this film. Yeah. It's, it's 90s Australia. It's just how it was, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink every time she corrects her name. Oh, yeah. Muriel Mario. Muriel Mario. Yes. No, Mario never seems to go in. I did wonder, do you think she changed her name by deed poll to Mario? Like, legally changed it to Mario? Because she corrects the priest at the ceremony. Yeah. And presumably, you need to state your real name. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, if she's, when they're like, do you Muriel Heslop take David Van Arkland? She's like, Mario. I guess. <laughs> Is it even a legal marriage? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. it's only one letter, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's the sort of thing that in that specific case could that, be an that, issue that could really because like what if he wins gold at mm. the olympics and somebody else is like really close to winning gold or something ah, but like yeah. they i don't know they they want to knock him down they're like 
wait a minute, is he even Australian? No, he's not. He's South African. And then he got married to an Australian. Who did he get married to? Muriel? Or is it Mariel? What is it? Oh, I see. And, and they're, they're like, wait, was that marriage legal? Or was that marriage not legal? Because that means I, I could get gold. I mean, if you really want to go to those lengths to get a I, gold well, medal that you didn't win fair and square, that's... <laughs> but yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But mm. yeah, it doesn't seem like she changed it legally. I think she just decided it's memorial. But... Well, anyway, that's my sequel. That's your seat. Oh, you, you've spoiled it already. Okay, great. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I just come up with that. Then I'm just like, that's could, that, yeah. that, that's the film I could see happening. Absolutely, yeah. I a courtroom drama about uh, about athletes. I mean, absolutely. There's a lot of potential legal uh, legal issues that she she could face throughout this movie. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Did she get divorced? We don't. Not on screen. So if it didn't happen on screen. Did it happen? Mm. It's up to you. Up to your sequel. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, drink every time she corrects her name. Yes. Um, I've also got drink for ginger hair. Ginger. Well, I mean, they're a ginger family, sure. Yeah. Just every time a member of the family, including the star, appears on screen. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's, a, that's quite an intense one. Okay. I, I did drink for sweat. Ooh. They're very sweaty. <laughs> Do you notice how sweaty and clammy they I are? Did, I know yeah. it's Australia and it's summer, you know, mm-hmm. it's a hot place. But just specifically them, like mm. the family just, it, it really gave the their apartment that extra like rundown mm. feel. That, like they, they all just looked like caked in sweat. Yeah. Like they weren't looking after themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, bad haircuts too. Well, yeah, very bad haircuts. Obviously, when Muriel gets her haircut, she suddenly looks like a movie star. Yeah, yeah, it's such a great makeover. But mm. uh, yeah, the, some of the, the siblings have really disturbing hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so drink whenever somebody talks about Muriel and not to her. Okay, while she's in the room. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that does happen a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it's more more at the start of the film. But mm. yeah, plenty. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. People and and she just often just takes it like mm. she she just she's so used to it. She's just so used to being treated like shit. Yeah, that mm. she'll just listen to this awful, awful abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I I had a drink for child abuse, but specifically it was just more like drink every time the dad is just a abusive bastard. Like when he says horrible things to any of his children, mm. just like when he calls all of them useless and mm-hmm. yeah, just yells at them all. It does make it did make me laugh when the oldest guy Perry, mm. uh, the oldest son, sorry, when he's running around that backyard and he's playing rugby with himself oh, yeah, he's yeah. just like how can a man be so strong and so fast <laughs> and the dad just goes Perry wake up to yourself <laughs> that's such a devastating insult just wake up to yourself <laughs> drink whenever somebody else's problems are ignored in favour of Muriel's or just generally just in general like okay. Muriel included uh huh yeah well, I mean the poor mother's problems are ignored by everyone sadly yeah yeah Definitely. But yeah, like, so there's the, the, there's the mother, there's Rhonda, there's mm. Muriel, mm. Um, there's the siblings. Yeah. There's, you know, no, there's not the dad. No one ignores the dad's problems. No, no, the dad, the dad doesn't let anyone ignore his problems. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my last one. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I'm going to combine my last two because they're kind of the same. Mm. Drink for hideous fashion. Oh, yeah. Hideous 90s Australian fashion. Oh, God, it's horrible. But also, I also said drink specifically for statement earrings. <laughs> did you notice how many amazing earrings not people, at all oh my god so so many earrings in this film but like not just not just like earring earrings but like chunky plastic like stars and mm-hmm. half moons and triangles and all the different colors and mm. yeah there's, there's there's some really aggressive earrings in this film that's yeah. really tickled me yeah, yeah absolutely but also just bad fashion choices in general i mean everyone seems to be wearing at least one outfit at some point in the movie that looks like a magic eye painting. Mm-hmm. You know, those <laughs> ones that you stare at them for long enough and like a picture appears. Like mm. it, it must just be like tie dye, like a nineties thing. They're all wearing these, like whether it's 
Deirdre Chambers dresses or Bill's wearing a shirt at one point that's kind of like that. That's just like mm-hmm. so loud, mm. so very loud. Yeah. And yes, as I said, I did really enjoy Muriel's leopard skin dress with matching leopard skin scrunchie Ooh. in a side ponytail. That was just, <laughs> what a strong, strong look. <laughs> uh-huh. And the last drinking game I've got is Drink Whenever Muriel is Terrible. Yeah, that's fair. You know, you, it's getting a little bit into the Connor is racist territory now for me. Okay, you, okay. But, but I, I understand your point. Yeah, she does make some poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's not the villain of the movie. She's not. She's our heroine, yeah. yeah. She's, she's just a very flawed, flawed, flawed heroine. But she mm-hmm. comes good in the end. Yeah. And that's what yes. matters. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you come good in the end? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long road, but I got there, yeah. And Fury kicks. He picks it up. Go yourself. Go yourself is the roar from the crowd. Hislop, hislop, hislop. How can a man be so strong and so fast? Perry! Wake up to yourself! Cool. All right. So, secret ideas then. What have you got? Sure. So, I've got one idea here. Mm-hmm. I think you'll guess pretty quickly where I'm going with this. But mm-hmm. it was... Oh, I also... I want to preface this very quickly in that... I know this is my very favorite film. And I know I said that. I don't want a sequel to this film. Oh, yeah, in the real, I don't want yeah. one to exist mm-hmm. and it's actually very hard to write one because I think it ends perfectly mm-hmm. it's such a good ending because it doesn't end with Muriel running away you know Bryce the nice guy pops up a few times mm-hmm. you know he comes oh, he's to, at the wedding looking hit, really sad yeah, for himself I mean, yeah that's the, the fact that he's at the wedding is very sweet and sad and like mm-hmm. but I like that it doesn't end with her just like getting a man and like oh her problems yeah. are solved she doesn't need a man to be happy well, mm-hmm. the fact that she ends just learning that happiness is just her accepting herself and also just finding a true friend her mm-hmm. real her happy ending it's not i don't think we're supposed to believe that her and ronda are going to go and be lesbians now by, by, by any means no. but she's just fa- her love story is with her is, is, a, is more of a friendship story and she's just found mm-hmm. a true friend and she's being a good friend for the first time she's supporting her and i just think that's such a the two of them riding off into the sunset mm-hmm. is a perfect ending so yes. i don't want to know what happens after that i, mm-hmm. I, I don't care weirdly weird to say so that made it harder to write this i don't know that i have written something but i just want to put that out there that this is a perfect film that doesn't need a sequel so sometimes that makes it harder so of 249 films this is the only one the only one i've ever we've ever done that doesn't actually yeah absolutely all the rest sequels fully justified and by all means call me you know Mm -hmm. if you if you want me to write it really like even like for room hey give me the check (laughs) (laughs) and I'll, i'll figure some shit out yeah room was probably the closest i don't know I don't know which of ones were the hardest, but this yeah. this this was a challenge just because I say because I think it does end. It's a perfect film. For perfect Do you agree ending. that was our worst episode? I'm not going to say it was the worst episode we ever did. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I think some of the early ones were just a bit rough around the edges, but like mm-hmm. it was a challenging film. I'm not going to be like, no, you chose the worst film ever. Like you know, I feel like I did. Well, maybe okay. <laughs> well, if, if that's something you want to cling to, fine. But I'm not. I don't want to end this podcast looking back on the negatives. I'm, okay. All of our episodes were very special for me. Well, see, that's where we differ. But okay, okay carry fine. On. <laughs> And all but the Glenn Close ones. Anyway, <laughs> so as I said, you'll probably get where this is going quite quickly. But we are cutting to 30 years later. Okay. Muriel and Deronda are still the best of friends living in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are now working together running Sydney's premier ABBA gift store. Oh, okay. Because Australians famously love ABBA, like even more mm. than British people do or 
like the ABBA were massive in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so I think there'd be an ABBA gift store. Maybe there's like an ABBA museum or something. There's an ABBA museum in Sweden. Maybe there's one in Australia too. I don't know. Are they going to bring that hologram tour to Australia? I'm sure they will. Mm. I'm sure they will. Yeah, so they're working together in the ABBA gift store, which I think will be a great happy ever after for them, just mm. to be working together in this gift store. Also, Muriel's sister, Joni, the Your Terrible Muriel sister, mm-hmm. she's also moved to Sydney now and is working in the store with them. Oh, yeah. Just right. so that she can be she, there she's to got provide. The line. She's just yeah. got to be there to provide the commentary. Yeah. yeah so that, would just, be, I, that would be insane if she wasn't. I want, yeah, I needed her to be part of this. So yeah. the three of them are working together in this ABBA store mm-hmm. in Sydney. Muriel also has a 20 something daughter of her own now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been 25, 26 years since this mm-hmm. film came out. So she's got a daughter who's about that age. Mm-hmm. Who's the dad? Well, this is where we're. Oh, okay. You might, you might be getting an inkling of where this is going. Okay. So she raised this daughter as a single mother with obviously a lot of help from, from Rhonda. Yep. The daughter is now getting married herself. She's engaged to a mm-hmm. cute young Australian guy. However, there is a hitch. Muriel has never told her, her daughter, who the father is. Mm. And now that she's getting married, the daughter, who by the way is called Agneta, because she would of course sure. name her daughter after the blonde lady from Abba. All right. Yeah. Thanks. So uh, just just <laughs> just clearing that up for you. Yeah. <laughs> so she's never told little Agneta who the father is. And now that she's getting married, she demands to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Who is my real dad? Mm-hmm. The problem is Muriel just isn't sure. Ah, okay. Because 25, 26 years ago, basically at the end of the first movie, she mm-hmm. went through a bit of a purple patch and mm-hmm. uh, she slept with uh, three men who could potentially be the three? father. Three men. Whoa. What a slapper. Three men who could potentially have been the father and she never really figured out which one it is. And who are they played by? Well, <laughs> the three guys she slept with. And again, this is just around the end of the first movie. Uh-huh. There is David Van Arkel, the South African swimmer, who's her ex-husband. Sure. Because yeah. they did notably have sex before they broke up. Yeah. There was also Bryce, the parking inspector. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking maybe they had at some point off screen, they had a little fling mm-hmm. around that same time. And the third one, at a particularly low moment in her life... <laughs> She also slept with bitchy Tanya's dreadful husband, Chuck. Oh, no. She slept with Chuck. So the only three men in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to be like, oh, maybe it's a brother. You know, I'm not going to. No, no, no. So, yeah, literally the only other man was Chuck. So I I brought him in maybe, you know, at some point in that very sad last third of the movie, she really hit rock bottom and slept with Chuck. (laughs) Maybe after the funeral or something, who knows? Mm -hmm. So Muriel's daughter, Agnesa, invites all three men to Sydney to the wedding to try and discover the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've got no idea what this is based on. Apollo 13? <laughs> close, close, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think there's going to be a bit of a side plot with Rhonda, because I want more Rhonda. Rhonda's yes, great. absolutely. Um, Rhonda, who is still in her wheelchair, mm-hmm. but despite that, is still extremely sexually active. Mm-hmm. Very much still get, still, get, still going, mm-hmm. having a great life. But actually, despite the fact that she's usually not one to be tied down, she has recently been seeing a six foot six fireman called Joe, just nice. a hunk of a man. Nice. He was naturally going to be played by Chris Hemsworth. Absolutely. Of it, course. It would be a travesty if not. Yeah, 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 of course. And I, I just think it'd be really cute and great if, if Chris Hemsworth, was, as this fireman guy, was just worshipping Rhonda, just like mm-hmm. lovesick puppy over her. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And he can find... But also completely whipped by her. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, because yeah. she's, 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 she's not going to be tied down. She's a no. strong woman, yeah. Uh, and he confides one day to Muriel that he's planning to propose to her. Oh. And this sends Muriel into... She's happy for her friend, mm-hmm. but it does send her into a little bit of a tailspin because her daughter's getting married, her best friend is getting married, she's mm-hmm. still not married. And even though she's like moved past that period when she thought marriage was the be-all mm-hmm. and end-all, it starts to kind of creep back in a little bit. She's like, well, everyone's getting married but me. Is this a problem? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it just sends her a little bit nuts. Not to the degree of the first film, mm. but, you know, it, it's not great for her. Yeah. But she's trying to be supportive. Anyway... 
The three exes, who may be the potential fathers, turn up before the wedding. So there's Chuck. Um, I was thinking they could all be played by the same actors, um, more or less. None right. of them are that famous. But you know, um, the same actor, like all three of them? All three of them. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, Army Hammer, bring him back. <laughs> no, definitely not. Although I was thinking, I mean, Chuck's only ever seen in the background. He's not mm. really. So I did think maybe he could be like Eric Banner or something. Oh, yeah. Just thinking Australian actors around yeah, Tony yeah. Collette's age, you know. Also, he's played like idiots before I think he, <laughs> he, he, he can do that very well yeah sure. I'm, I'm thinking chuck is like a mess mm. he is still he's one of those overgrown frat boy types mm-hmm. who's like day drinking all the time uh so he's still 20 still living life like he's in his like he's hot stuff in his early 20s even though yeah. he's just like this middle-aged increasingly unattractive kind of mm-hmm. lechy type who's just oh, no mm-hmm. and he's like yeah he, so he's awful and he barely even remembers that he slept with muriel he's like did we oh i guess maybe like he's mm-hmm. he's not making a good impression uh, there's also David Van Arkel, the, the, uh, who did in fact win the Olympic gold. This is the South African oh, yeah. swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. He did win Olympic gold and he got married to a supermodel. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have a very positive relationship. The supermodel's kind of a bitch. And mm. yeah, he married, he, he lived a celebrity lifestyle and now he's got this like miserable marriage to his a wife he doesn't really love anymore. Mm-hmm. And he actually has come to view Muriel as the one that got away. Oh, Even though he okay. was like horrified to marry her, mm. you know, they did have that nice moment at the end. Mm. So he's like, now they've not spoken for like 25 years, but he, he it turns out all that time he's been like pining for her, especially mm. now that his own marriage hasn't, isn't going very well. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and he's like, all loves to give a Muriel. And she's just kind of like, not really interested. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. Doesn't really see him that way. Yeah. So that's him. And then finally there is poor lovely Bryce, who is the actual one who got away. Yeah. And it turns out they had a brief fling, but they drifted apart because he was just too focused on his career. Because <laughs> he does have that great line when they're having sex. He's like, I need to tell you something. Yeah. I'm a parking inspector. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just think that'd be funny. So I think they, maybe they, I mean, let's just rip off the cord. This is obviously Mamma Mia. It's <gasps> the plot of Mamma Mia. Spoiler. I'm thinking he's the Pierce Brosnan. So wait a minute. Are you calling this Muriel's wedding too? Here we go again. Mm, I actually went for... Mama Muriel. Okay. Yeah. 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 That 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 works on multiple levels. Yeah. Or Muriel's daughter's wedding, but I think Mama Muriel works better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So Bryce is the actual one that got away. So he's going to be like the Pierce Brosnan. Muriel's figure. daughter's wedding. I, I thought of similar things. It sounds a bit too much like Bridget Jones's baby, where it's yeah, just, it's very literal. Yeah. No, I think Mama Muriel works better. Yeah. yeah. And it, it does have a double meaning. So yeah. Yeah. So he he's the actual one that got away. So him and Muriel can maybe have a bit of a reconnection, kind of yeah, like Pierce and Meryl did in the. First Mamma Mia movie. Maybe mm-hmm. there'll be some terrible, terrible singing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe like a, ca- a romantic karaoke scene. I don't mm-hmm. know, they can do some other, I don't know. Um, but Muriel also has to deal with Agneta's bitchy future mother-in-law, mm-hmm. who's going to be played by Jane Turner from Catherine Kim. Oh, yeah. He, he, she plays Kim. Yep. Yeah. So I, just, I just thought, because a lot of the comedy in this is definitely Catherine Kim-esque. Let's, mm. We could kind of crowbar them in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So she can be there as well. But then, yeah, we get so we get all kinds of misadventures and, you know, romantic tanglements as we get ready for this wedding mm-hmm. the wedding day arrives and Agneta reveals that all three men took a paternity test mm. and the three men all step forward the three husbands and they go you know what you shouldn't read into it don't look at it you know we'd all be more than happy to call you our daughter you're a great girl mm-hmm. and she's like no sod that I want to know yeah. she opens it and she's like oh thank god it's Bryce because <laughs> <laughs> the other two are not good choices you know? <laughs> so thank god Bryce is the father mm-hmm. um, everyone's thrilled Muriel snogs Bryce, they get together. Rhonda snogs Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> uh, the daughter gets married and everyone lives happily ever after. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. A shameless rewrite of Mamma Mia. But uh, mm. that is Mamma Muriel. 
I'd say it that feels works. fitting. Yeah, I'd say that works. I'd, 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 yeah. like, I'd like to see that made. Yeah, good. Well, maybe it will be. Yeah. And then they make you really unhappy if your favourite film gets a sequel. I mean, if I've written the spec script for it, I mean, I'd, <laughs> I'd dry my tears with those dollar, <laughs> dollar notes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I will have to admit that mine is not as... Uh, as, as, as well for a term. So, you know how I, how I do those things sometime where I go to rhymezone.co.uk? I've oh, not yes. done that this okay. time. Okay. What rounds with Muriel? What, what, exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, Mercurial? I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. So, uh, instead, I went to Your Life is Golden, 50 Events You Could Explore in Your Own Memoir. Okay. Interesting. Which, is, which it was a fantastic read. It was okay. like, maybe you got married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it, confused. It, it, How did you get to this for Muriel's wedding? Because I started, started thinking, like, well, she, so it was Muriel's wedding. What other life events? Oh, are I see. Like, I'm like, obviously, I thought of a few myself, but then I was like, I, I've, I've got nothing here. I, I, I need more. Oh, so, so, so when I opened it with like Muriel's funeral, and then yeah, so I've, so I've got Muriel's engagement. Yeah, so nice. Like. She finally gets legit engaged to someone who loves her. Yeah, yeah, like because she didn't really have an engagement in this. No, not really. So, it was I, a so I could totally engagement. see like you know what, I do still really want to get married, but to the I, w- right I want to do it right. Because mm-hmm. that was not right yeah. know, on so many levels. And so sure. it's all about her getting engaged. You've got to find yeah. the right man and he's got to be a keeper. Mm-hmm. And yeah, eventually he's going to propose and Muriel's going to have an engagement. Is it going to be Bryce? Well, maybe, Could yeah. Be, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, she goes on a little journey and just finds out that, oh, it was Bryce all along. Like, yeah, he, sure. he was the one. She goes looking for Mr. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Obviously, I've got Muriel's funeral. Yeah, um, sad. Yeah, don't need to explore that too much. No, let's not. Let's draw a veil um, over that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Muriel's divorce. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that could on, that could honestly go hand in hand with the first one there. Muriel's engagement. Just like, wait a minute, am I still in, am I still married to that South African? Yes. Yeah. No, that could be fun. Yeah, she finds Mister Wright, and then she has to get unmarried to David yeah. without causing a scandal. That yeah. could be fun. Yeah. Uh, might be quite interesting to try and track him down as well. Yeah, maybe he drop, maybe he'd like drops off the radar for sure. Yeah. Mm. Oh, maybe like she. Oh, I don't know. Like, if she can think of some reason why she needs to get married by a certain date, mm, the but, ticking clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for whatever reason, I, yeah, I, I can't think of a reason why. But I mean, you literally married a woman who was eight and a half months pregnant. What? <laughs> that's as well, close to a ticking clock as you're going to get. I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe she's got to do that. But unfortunately, that date that she needs to get married by and also needs to be divorced by mm-hmm. is before the Olympics. Oh. And so if she divorces him before that, he can't, he can't his... compete. Okay. Because then there's a bit of... Uh, a bit of tension. Interesting. Bit of tension okay. there. I don't really know where to take that. Mm-hmm. So that's Muriel's divorce. Like it, yeah. Muriel's birthday. Oh, that sounds I'm nice. I'm stretching here. That sounds like more like a comedy short that's just like not really a full <laughs> film but maybe they show it before another film and it's nice yeah, yeah. maybe Muriel and Ronda is having a, ni- a nice old time yeah. yeah and now I'm right in the depths of this of this okay. article of like what might ha- might have happened in your oh, life God. Okay. Um, Muriel's promotion okay she gets she becomes a bit <laughs> career focused yeah, she gets, yeah. She, she's managing that video store yeah. well she'd have to get another job because at some point if we're bringing it to the present day the video store's gonna be well out of business probably yeah so she needs a new a new job maybe she becomes a wedding planner Nice. That could work very well, yeah. Yeah. She can combine her passions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now before I get to the the final one that I've got here that I've expanded a bit as well, mm-hmm. um, I would just like to to read how this article uh, concludes because it's sure. fantastic. So it separates out the um, separates out the things into school, family, friends, relationships, work, life, learning, and then it finishes towards the end with oh, first hobbies, travel, and then history. Mm-hmm. So. 
the 49th thing that might have happened in your life, you became aware of what was happening in the world or your community. After right. everything else, you finally start thinking about someone other than yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 50. You witnessed or participated in an important moment in American history, such as World War II or September the 11th. God. What a, what a, what a, what a note to that, finish that's on. That's a leap. Yeah. yeah. Firstly, like, would you not think of that yourself? You, if, I mean, if you participated in September the 11th, that sounds like you perpetrated <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> that's the list. You well, know. No, no, you could have been like a firefighter. You could have been a firefighter, yeah, sure. But like, yeah. Um, you know, you get engaged, you get married, you have your first kid, you get a promotion, and then you become an international terrorist. That's <laughs> <laughs> how it works, how it goes, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, one of the things in there was about winning an award or something like that. And so this uh -huh. one is Muriel's Olympic medal. Oh, Muriel herself becomes an Olympic medalist. Mm -hmm. Interesting, okay. So sometime later, Muriel and Rhonda, still played by Tony Claire, Rachel Griffiths, of course, of course. are still living together. Great. Muriel is still living by the lesson she learned at the end, which is to not be selfish and that she, she needs to be there for her friends and family. Mm -hmm. And one day, Rhonda wheels herself into their Sydney Harbour viewing apartment. Yeah, they're in a nice place now. Mm -hmm. And uh, starts up a conversation. Um, should I text you this? Go for it. I'm going to read the first bit, which is a bit long, and then you'll come in with what I've texted you. Okay. Feel free to do the accent if you want to. I will not. Okay. Um, because I cannot. Okay. Muriel, I've had a very good life with you. We've done a lot of shit. You got married and quickly divorced. So did I. I became the first person to wheel up the highest mountain in Australia. You learned to sew and started a wedding dress shop, which... <laughs> that sounds passive aggressive. I climbed a mountain on a <laughs> wheelchair. You learned to sew. <laughs> <laughs> You single-handedly put out that bushfire last year, and I introduced chocolate to Australia. I think Australia has chocolate, Harry, but sure. Okay. You never know. Okay, I mean, I never really gave it much thought, but okay. I, I've, I've seen no proof that Australia actually exists. Oh, okay, so true, yeah. There is that. But anyway, carry on with it. Sorry, okay. Says me now. Mm. Yes, Rhonda, it's been quite the time. I'd do it all again with you. <laughs> quite the time. Well, Muriel, I'm not satisfied. You're not. Nope. I want us to win something. I want to know that of all the people, we did it best. Well, you did win that Guinness World Record. Well, anybody can win a record. You just need to invent something so weird that no one's ever thought to do it before. Okay. So what did you have in mind? <laughs> I'm, dig I'm digging into Catherine Kim here. <laughs> well, Muriel, I want us to compete in the Olympics. The what? Are you crazy? Yep. I was thinking about your ex-husband the other day, and if he can do it, so can we. I like your ambition. I'm here for it. That's, and that's actually all I've got. So okay. we'll, have to, we'll have to just go from here. Okay, so the two of them together want to win a joint Olympic medal? Oh, it just it doesn't need to be joint. I was thinking that, you know, Muriel's going to go to the Olympics and Ronda's going to go to the Paralympics. Okay. Um, and you're know, both going to compete in different sports. Obviously. Are they like, is it present? Are they like in their like late 40s to early 50s at this point? Yeah, that's one thing that I was thinking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, not... Well, so maybe it can be like a maybe it can be something you wouldn't really think of, like maybe like Muriel turned out to be really good at archery. Yeah, great. You know, it's something that I'm not saying that archery. I, I don't know if you could be a really great archer in your fifties. I'm sure there was a lot of physical. Well, different sports have different age brackets that you yeah. can like realistically be competing at a world class level. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some something random like that. She could be really good at archery or uh, shot put or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'm trying to think if there's anything that's like specific to Muriel's skill set. We know that she's good at lying and she loves ABBA. Um, <laughs> don't know how that helps from a sports perspective. 
<laughs> Olympic uh, poker lying. Um, Olympic singing. Mm. Olympic Olympic ABBA songs. I mean, they could have added a category that we don't know about. Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you're probably on something with archery. I think archery is the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She or becomes like sh- or like shooting or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she something she, that's more of a precision sport. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So they become Olympic medalists. Yeah, I mean, there's some sort of plot. <laughs> <laughs> Insert plot here. Um, <laughs> well, I guess it's all about the lessons they learn along the way. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll have, have have a journey in there. But ultimately, I want them to each go to the Olympics mm-hmm. and and compete and do really well. And, and maybe that's where they find love. Maybe, maybe, maybe Muriel meets a sexy Olympic athlete, not David, someone new. I don't know, mm-hmm. some male archer or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Rhonda, mm-hmm. maybe Rhonda, who's, you know, always struggled to find anyone who can keep up with her because she's such a high energy driven person. Mm. Maybe she finds like a Paralympic athlete, you know, who's also in a wheelchair or something, who is just, just as driven as she is. Mm. And, and she falls in love with him. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. That could work. Yeah. Whatever happens, I would like Muriel to come second in whatever okay. final final event that she's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like just miss out on the gold. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the audience and her sister's there just going, you're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or maybe she, she just like... won an Olympic silver medal. Mm. Shut up. Or maybe she like miss, misses the mark altogether, yeah. ends up impaling someone in the audience. <laughs> and the sister's just like, you're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I like so that. yeah, it's Muriel's Olympics. Did that, is, what was that called? Did you say? Uh, yeah, Mur- uh, yeah, Muriel's Olympic. Muriel's Olympics. Muriel's Muriel's Olympic gold. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Muriel's Olympic medal. Muriel's Olympic medal. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. That's it's got some potential there. Yeah. Cool. Same okay. Um, I also thought that this film it reminded me so much of Romy and Michelle's. Yes, I thought reunion. that too. It'd be nice to see them just living that life. Yeah, yeah. I'm really wondering if there's some sort of a crossover there, but I just couldn't think of anything. Yeah, maybe they go on a road trip to America and they run into Romy and Michelle and like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I almost wrote. I didn't write a crossover. I mean, you could but... definitely do something with this Olympics not being in Australia. Yes. But the next Olympics is in Paris. They go to Paris and so, then we, yeah. And maybe Romy and maybe Romy and Michelle have had the same crackpot idea. Maybe yeah. Yes, it's the battle of the middle-aged ladies. Inexplicably that's, trying that, to win that, Olympic That's gold. who they're competing against. That could be fun, yeah. And for whatever reason, one of Romy and Michelle is in a wheelchair now. Sure. So, we, so. we don't know what's been down, going down in their lives. Yeah, yeah sure. No, I, um, yeah, I definitely saw that. If you throw comparison. in Meryl and Goldie Hawn, then we're doing great. We'd, yeah, just get all the classic pairings. Yeah. No, I definitely saw that too. I almost wrote that into my sequel that uh, Hare and Rhonda are basically Romy and Michelle at this point, but mm. kind of, yeah, I, d- I didn't end up including it, but I can definitely, it definitely came to my mind as well. Mm hmm. Great, fantastic. So, should we move on to listener submissions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we had, we had a few this week. A lot of them were basically the, the same ideas that you had. Uh, Muriel's divorce, we had Muriel's funeral. But then we also had Rory Salmon said, Muriel's best friend's wedding. Muriel, Muriel has to deal with Rhonda getting married. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I already pitched that in mind, but yeah. obviously it's based on my best friend's wedding. But, ah, yeah, right. Muriel's best friend wedding. Uh, Clayton Turner said, Muriel's red wedding, a vengeful Deirdre Chambers returns to wreak havoc on Mu- Muriel's long-awaited wedding day. <laughs> okay. So uh, Deirdre Chambers comes back with murder on her mind on Muriel's wedding day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Lawrence Fuller said, Muriel getting married, a very slow improv-based movie about a depressed Muriel attending her sister's wedding. It's based on a film called uh, Rachel Getting Married. Right, okay. Improv film starring Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. 
It's quite depressing. Uh, Simon Garner said, "My best." Isn't it great that you're here to explain literally every film plot? Pretty much. You're going to miss this. You're going to miss this. I've only got one more. You only got one more of these. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Uh, Simon Garner said, "My big fat Australian wedding." Oh yeah. Muriel moves to America and finally finds a man. But can their relationship survive a trip home to meet the family? Mm. So yeah, she brings them, someone who doesn't understand Australian mm-hmm. lifestyle, and they have to meet her terrible family. Mm-hmm. Will the relationship survive? Got it. And finally, Lisa Montagna said, four Muriel's weddings and a funeral. Muriel burns through four husbands in 25 years. Yep. Each more disastrous than the last, with the final wedding ending in murder. But whose? Oh, okay. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So that was it. Thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages to make sure you don't miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, on all of which you can leave us a five-star review. And Harry, this is the end. <laughs> it is, it is. It's, we are recording next week our final um, episode of the main show. Mm-hmm. Yep. The time has come. So Harry, what momentous, what so, are we going to do? We had an idea for a, for a season a while mm-hmm. ago, um, which... We never did for a reason that will become well. Um, we never did it because the, the we se- didn't the, have dad any damn time for it. <laughs> no, the the season was movies that had one great sequel, mm-hmm. and so you know there's there's so many options of of what you can do there because like you know we've obviously done movies that don't have any sequels. Mm-hmm. Oh, sometimes we've done movies with sequels that we've just ignored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, happened. Cause... Jingle all the way, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You Jingle know. all the way, one straight to video. Oh right, yeah. okay. Yeah, so we decided that, that that would be a great shout for the final episode. Mm-hmm. And of that season, of which we had a, a fair few ideas mm-hmm. and with different films that we could do. There's like Kill Bill, yeah. Tron, mm-hmm. there's all sorts. But we have actually settled on a little film that uh, has come up from many listening submissions. Probably a, a contender for your favorite film. Probably, yeah. yeah. And a sequel with one of the all-time best sequel titles mm-hmm. that you could ever think of indeed so we next week for the final episode we are going to do sister act and sister act 2 back in the habit hooray finally i'm excited i'm lo- really looking forward to this yes. i've not rewatched those films in a long time so no me neither very much um, looking forward to revisiting them yeah i've uh, i think i've just been saving them for this yeah uh when i was young uh sister act 2 was that was the movie that i watched whenever i was ill yeah or whenever you were pretending to be ill like when you attended, your legs weren't working. For that you. was real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on your sister's side of that. That was some bullshit. That was, you weren't there. I don't care. I just couldn't believe that you would fake that. <laughs> but fine. Yeah. I got two days off school for that. I felt really bad. Okay. Did you watch both Sister Act movies? I don't remember. You probably did. Yeah. Great. Well, listeners, join us next week for the grand finale mm-hmm. Sister Act and Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit mm-hmm. and the long awaited sequel, Sister Act 3. What will we come up with? Yeah, Yeah. who knows? So, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for subscribing. See you next next week. Bye. Bye. You're terrible, Muriel.